You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. softball team. As long as, you know... Uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast, presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy. What's going on? <laughs> oh man it feels uh, like everybody knows we're talking to somebody there on rocky top by that response you know it <laughs> or that placed money on freaking old miss i'll tell you that <laughs> you know I, i'm i'm sad about tennessee and, and where we're at but i am pissed about that auburn old miss game oh my god Mm. Well, hey, dive right into it in just a moment here, but hey, I wanted to make a special announcement before we get rolling here because uh, we've been doing great with the uh, five-star reviews, sending those koozies out. Of course, you guys know we really do appreciate that, but uh, I'm going to step up the game, Shane. This week, we're looking for new five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. Unfortunately, you know, if you just update your review, it doesn't help, so we're looking for new ones. But I'm going to pick out one random one, Shane, of anybody willing to give us a five-star review this week. I'm going to send them a t-shirt, our first ever That SEC Podcast t-shirt mm. with the logo of their choice supporting their team. So we're going to do that uh, one-week special. want to see want to see those reviews flying in, Shane. So how about that? Yeah. Do I qualify for that too? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even have a t-shirt. So yeah, uh, absolutely, man. That's awesome. I haven't even seen them. Uh, you going to put a picture up on the Twitter or something? I haven't even seen the picture of the shirt yet. Is it just our logo? Well, I don't have one either, Shane. So yeah, huh? I mean, I'll come up with one. I know how to have them made, but uh, free right. t-shirt, just trying to step up the game. Whoever I send it to, maybe they'll send it out. <laughs> <laughs> and if this does well, maybe we'll do more of these. But uh, hey, buddy, you ready to talk some football? Let's do it. 
All right, Shane, so obviously only four games here. You kind of hit on two of them, so let's just start with the one I know you want to get over with quickly here. Alabama goes in to Rocky Top, beats mm. the piss out of Tennessee, 48-17. Another dominating performance here on by Alabama in this rivalry, if you even want to call it that anymore. And unfortunately, I think the biggest news out of this one, because we expected this, you know, hell, I thought Tennessee might cover, that, but they didn't even do that. So the biggest storyline for me, unfortunately, is uh, Jalen Waddell yeah. getting injured, lost for the season on the first play of the game, the opening kickoff. And it's, it's just such a downer because, you know, this doesn't eliminate Alabama from winning the SEC or winning the national championship, but it's certainly a big, big blow. Didn't hurt him in this one, but uh, – yeah, how big of a loss do you think that is for Nick Saban's program moving forward? Oh, dude, it's a huge loss, and and it affects multiple people on this team. Uh, Smith is is an example. You know, he's he's a great athlete. Mitchie's a you know they've got studs on this team, but Waddle's one of those guys that demands a lot of eyes on him when he's mm-hmm. out there. He is a focal point because at he, I mean, he's one of those guys that could take a two yard play and, and make it an 80 yard touchdown. He's just, he's that dynamic explosive. He's a huge weapon, uh, on special teams as well. So this was a absolute huge blow. And in fact, when this game started, I thought there for a second, we took Alabama's two biggest hitters out. Uh, if you remember on play, uh, at the second play of scrimmage, it's, a. Uh, the the supposed not targeting uh, that Tennessee hit, uh, I thought, man, that's a concussion waiting to happen, you know. So I, right. I was surprised he bounced back pretty quick. But no, this is a huge blow, and and something me and you were talking about after the game. You know, Alabama, Alabama won this game, but they they, they took they took a couple L's in here as well. Now, isn't the didn't they lose an offensive lineman as well? Yeah, Brown, I think, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be season-ending or any anything. I need to double-check on that. But, yeah, so they, they got some bumps and bruises. It certainly was not, you know, a win without uh, some losses, like you said. But, you know, let's credit the guys that did step up. Like John Menchie, he continues to have mm-hmm. an outstanding season. Seven catches, 151 yards. And Slay Bolden, he stepped up to nine catches for 94 yards. Those are the guys that are going to be relied upon in this Alabama offense with Waddle out. Mac Jones continues at his just torrid pace. I mean, Tennessee <laughs> held him under 400 yards, and it felt like a victory. He didn't throw a touchdown. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. And then Najee Harris, who, I mean, he still went beast mode, but kind of felt like he got limited in this game and because he only had 96 yards. <laughs> and he had three touchdowns, so – I kind of joke when I say they limited him here. Well, it, it felt like Alabama came out vanilla. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they were wanting to show too much for some reason. They, you know, they were, they were content with just dinking and dunking and, and getting to the end zone and handing it off. It was, uh, it was, it was more frustrating on the opposite side of the ball. You know, I, I felt like the defense of Tennessee did a pretty good job uh keeping this offense in check an offense that's that's when it stretches buddy i'm telling you this it could be an absolute beast you know so i was i was kind of impressed i know you're looking and say hey wait a minute they got 48 points but you know well when you're going three and out mike defense gonna be on the field quite a bit gives them plenty of opportunities to score points so yeah that this all boils down to to one key factor and i think we're about to get to it 
All right. Well, uh, hey, before we get to the other side of it, let's uh, let's jump over to Coach Saban's comments here, talking about uh, you know losing Jalen Waddle and getting some young players some some reps here and John Menchie's big performance. This is kind of a short one here from Coach Saban. Yeah, just wonder how the guys stepped in uh, with Waddle going down and uh, Slayton Bolden specifically. How do you think he played? I thought he played well. You know, he had a drop there. You know, in the end zone at the end, but uh, I thought he made some really good plays in the game and. Uh, you know, I thought Mac played really well, uh, made some really good throws. So, um, you know, that's we need some of our young guys. Uh, who is this is one of the things that not having a couple games outside the SEC where you could play some of these guys, we're going to have to have some of those guys step up and be ready to play. And they haven't really gotten much experience. Uh, it was good to get Bryce in there for a little bit tonight. Um, moved the ball okay and did okay. Uh, so he needs some experience as well. Uh, another big game for, for John Mechie. How would you sort of characterize his strengths and why he's been able to come on so strong this year for you guys? Well, he's a strong receiver. He's got good quickness. He's got really strong hands. I think he's a smart guy. He really plays the game well, uh, pays attention to detail, runs good routes. And he's fast, um, and he's quick out of a break. So um, he, he's really played well for us and come on and, we're going to need some other players to step up now as well. All right, if you uh, listen carefully there, you could hear the damn guys celebrating in the background. So Yeah, smoking their cigars. This is It's always interesting. You know, you don't feel like this is a rivalry, but it certainly seems like Alabama's players take this one personally. They really enjoy beating the Vols. I'm sure Butch is – I'm sure he had himself a great weekend there, Shane. Mm. But uh, – yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is just kind of where we're at with Alabama. One, you lose an All-American, and, and, you know, we don't want to downplay that because Waddle's probably going to be a first-round pick. He's going to have a hell of an NFL career. But then here we just got, you know, players just st- step right up, and they're certainly not All-Americans yet, but Alabama, they didn't miss a beat here. Yeah, and it's it's not a rivalry, Mike, if you can lose 14 in a row. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just it, – it has lost its luster, and – and and that sucks, and it's sad because it it just doesn't. <laughs> a quote uh, we're going to hear in a minute just didn't really feel like the gap has been closed, Mike. You know, it just it it feels like over over this time, over a decade, going on almost two decades, Mike. You know, it's just it, it's just it, we shouldn't be here. We should be further along. These these should be ball games. Um, I, I I give all the credit to the world. Nick Saban. He's 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 created a monster down there, a juggernaut. That's a that that people are going to try to replicate for for decades to come. But it, it, still, this long, we should have figured something out, and and we should have closer games than this right here, especially in uh, uh, Coach Pruitt's third year. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Let, so let's uh, transition here to Tennessee, where. Hell, Shane, if I would have told you Garantano, I mean, he was still taking hell after this game from the fans, but no interceptions, two touchdowns, Tennessee rushed for 139 yards. I think you would think Tennessee was probably in this ball game, but mm-hmm. my issue here, I mean, it's one week, it's, you know, Garantano's killing you. The next week, I think he has an all right performance, but my issue here is... The coaching staff, and I don't know what in the hell they're doing here. They're playing – they played this game conservative. It yeah. certainly seemed like they came out and said, well, let's try to go hurry up, but that don't work if you don't get first downs. Right. <laughs> like three and out, three and out. And 
it almost felt like the game was over at that point. They, you know, before half, they had the ball, had timeouts, did nothing with it. We're in the red zone, fourth down. We're kicking field goals. I don't know what in the hell is going on. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, you know, he came in here. He was an aggressive guy. Remember that first ever game, West Virginia is getting fired yeah. up and going for it on fourth down. And hell, they we've even seen him do it at times this year in the Georgia game. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not there. But for whatever reason, I guess they thought that, you know, kicking field goals was going to get it done. But I think it all goes back to Garantano and – it doesn't seem like they trust him to go to the air. And if you're not going to trust him, why in the hell is he playing? Yep. He, he had a, you know, 13 to 24 is not outstanding, but hey, you're playing Alabama. And when they push the ball down the field, the player of the game, Jalen Hyatt for Tennessee, he had himself a hell of a day, two catches, 86 and a touchdown. Josh Palmer continues to have, you know, a really solid season. He had a touchdown here, only 57 yards though, but, I don't know, Shada. I mean, it's so. Last week it looked like the players gave up. This week, it seems like the coaching staff gave up. What do you What do you think about that? Well, I think I think you know there's still a little let up in the defense. And mm-hmm. hell, I'd be pissed too, Mike. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, I I can tell you exactly why Toto is sending out cryptic messages after these games because these guys don't like each other. Uh, it, it when the offense puts the defense in a bad place constantly over and over and over, and then they have to be the ones that answer for a 48 point game, you know, it's just not fair. And you're right. You hit the nail on the head. Garantano, you know, yeah. Was he efficient? Yeah. But there's a difference between efficient and effective, Mike, you know, when you're throwing little safe routes and getting this thing going, it's, it felt like, you know, like, like you, like the playbook was held back, you know? I mean, just imagine how pissed off Cheney is right now. He's only using, what, probably a third of his playbook. Could you imagine him going to Applebee's and only getting a third of the menu? Goddamn, he'd be mad. You know what I'm saying? He'd, he'd be upset. And that's what that's what we got out there. We got kid gloves on a quarterback that sucks. Uh, and I, I'm over it, man. I'm, I know we have to – and it's like that whole stigma. You know, it's like, well, we got Alabama. We got to – you know, you don't want to roll out a true freshman. You don't want to get any of these young kids involved, you know, because it's Alabama. It's Alabama. What? So you're just going to sacrifice a nail? You know, that these guys didn't even try. It, the 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 playbook was vanilla. It was laid back. It wasn't it wasn't uh, balls to the wall. You know what I'm saying? And to beat teams like Alabama, you got to mix things. You got to play aggressive. It may backfire on you, but if you don't, guess what? You're still losing by thirty something points. It, it just this game, I, like I said, I was just upset the way it was handled. But it, it, it shouldn't have came to this point, Mike. Uh, you know, Garantano is not the freaking answer. Mm-hmm. He, he, I'd rather have a freshman getting out there gunslinging, trying to work through it, and, and even if it's against an Alabama team, because guess what? The next week he plays a team that's lesser than, and he's going to be a little bit more efficient. You're not going to break his psyche. You're going to break his psyche by not letting him play, knowing that there's a guy out there that is killing your program. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's kick it over to Coach Pruitt, who his comments um... – you know, a lot of fans pretty pissed off after these comments. Uh, why he's not playing more younger players on the fact that uh, we're, like you said, we're in year three here, and he keeps losing all these games on the gap between Alabama and Tennessee on fans' disappointment. And I think the biggest issue of all, potentially, why the secondary is struggling so much. Well, you know, those younger guys, um, to, to play at a high level, to play at a high level in this league, okay, and and if and if you're at the top tier in this league, uh, it's 
probably one of the high is the highest level in college football. There's a lot of preparation. Um, there's a lot of um, practice habits, um, and these young guys are not there yet. Okay, um, you know, I, they, they're not, and it's it's something that this next week will give them an opportunity. They have to earn the right to play. You know, because the guys that are playing in front of them earn it in practice by the way they prepare. You know, so uh, just because you run fast or um, you were so many stars coming out of high school, you have to earn it. Uh, and that's some of the, you know, that's some of the, I guess, probably learning curve when you get to college. And these guys will. You know, you, again, I, I've been around a lot of really good football players. Um, and some of them were really good as freshmen. Um, and some of them wasn't. You know, and it, it, it's just kind of different from everybody. I think today Jalen Hyatt kind of took another step. I thought he was uh, um, made a couple of explosive plays out there. They, they struggled to guard him. And these other guys have the same type of ability Jalen has. Uh, some of it's based off circumstances that they went through in fall camp. Um, but this will be a big week for them. And I just told them that in the locker room. Not just them, but there's about 14 other guys um, that same thing, uh, to, to really work hard to improve uh, so you can help the team. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, uh, uh, in year three for you, what do you make of kind of the results that, that you've had so far against the Alabamas and the Georgias and the Floridas and sort of lack of close games or competitive games you've had there? Well, um, to be honest, they've been better than us. Uh, plain and simple, you know, if we were better than them, and, and lost the games, I'd, I would say that. Uh, they've been better than us. Um, we've played with them in spurts, um, but from a, from a uh, execution, um, finishing standpoint, uh, we, we've not been able to sustain and do that. You know, so um, when I look at our team, I really like our, our team, our makeup. We've got a lot of young guys that are gonna have a chance to be really good players. Um, and as they grow and develop, um, we'll, we'll continue to, to close that gap there. And what is the message you say to the fans that don't feel maybe trusting the team or maybe to encourage after the third loss in a row? Well, hey, nobody's more disappointed than the people within our program, I can assure you, okay? So, um, you know, it, it's, it's the reason that I wanted this job, okay, is because I understood the passion, the energy, uh, the expectations of Tennessee football, okay? When I took the job, I knew exactly where it was at, exactly, okay? Which is why I wanted the job, okay? I wanted this job because I wanted to get it to where it's supposed to be. It's a hell of a challenge, uh, and I'm glad I took the job. I'm excited about being here. Uh, I'm not discouraged. The people in our program are not discouraged. Uh, I know where our program's headed, um, and we'll get there. You know, Jimmy, I was on the other sideline three years ago. You think I didn't see that? All right. And I can assure you that the gap is closing. Uh, it might not show on the scoreboard today, uh, but the gap is closing. I can assure you that. Um, and that's one thing that's frustrating to me. Um, it, and it's frustrating to our players, okay, is there's, there's times that, that uh, we've done some really good things, but as a team – 
whether it's, you know, offense playing really good and the defense playing really good and special teams, we, we've not put any of that together. Uh, and that's what the elite teams in our program and in our conference, that's what they do, okay? They don't, they don't have many bad plays. Uh, they don't make many mistakes. They make the other team beat them. Um, and there's times that we've done that this year, but we've not done it for a whole game, even for the games we've won. Right, we we we've not done that. So um, this will be a great opportunity this next week to go back and see where we're at, to see where we've improved, um, and from that we'll have an opportunity to kind of fix the things moving forward. All right, Shane. So I know Tennessee fans hate to even hear the words Butch Jones and Derek Dooley, but interesting stat from the weekend at this point in their careers. They had only lost six games at Tennessee of 20 or more points. Jeremy Pruitt, same period, 12. So twice as many as those two. And I'm not saying that uh, he's only half the coach of those guys, but, I mean, that kind of speaks for itself against these uh, Alabama, Georgia, Florida games. He's just getting killed repeatedly here. So uh, I want to get your thoughts on what you think when Coach Pruitt says the gap between Alabama and Tennessee is – is closing here. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. I don't. I don't like this comparison thing. I mean, for for starters, the reason that Coach Pruitt started out so rough is because he was handling what Butch Jones left him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I that's that's not fair. I, I mean, we're looking at an all SEC schedule too. So right. you know, through five games, we, we there was no uh, you know Appalachian State. There was no you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to read too much into that. Uh, I, now the gap part, you know, something I led with the show. It's just, you know, this shouldn't be a 31 point game. A lot of that did come down to play call. You, you think about that run, that that fumble that Eric Gray had. You know, that was a terrible situation. He shouldn't have fumbled the ball, obviously. But you could argue that we shouldn't be running the ball third and eight. Uh, at the 50 yard line either you know what I'm saying it's like that, that's just showing you the, the confidence that you have in your quarterback and you know I think a couple things went against Tennessee uh, you could argue that that was a fumble in the end zone and that's a that potentially could be a two score swing and change mm-hmm. a little momentum so yeah there was there were some bad breaks go Tennessee's way but even with those bad breaks and turnovers uh, you know it, it still shouldn't it, it the gap probably—I don't know—I don't know. Maybe, maybe the gap should have been a little bit closer just because of those those balls going the wrong way. But yeah, this this game was never competitive, Mike. It never felt like this was was even going to be a ball game. After it's like after they scored that first touchdown, Tennessee is just like, well, you know, we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> we had to have everything go right. And like I said. I think this is more on the coaches uh, for a couple reasons. One, number two, still at quarterback. And number two is the conservative play calling, uh, questionable calling. That, that, that's, on, that's on the bigwigs, man. That's, that's their job to, to, to call these plays and put Alabama in a, in a predicament. And they just weren't able to do that, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my thoughts on Pruitt and, you know, closing the gap comments because I didn't see a lot of this, and I know that's – Obviously, a unpopular take, and I'll probably get accused of being a homer here, but I think a lot of what he says is true. Mm-hmm. I, I think he has closed the gap 
with Alabama quite a bit if you just look at across the roster. But the one key area, well, there's two really, but the one everyone is going to be looking at, and they're 100% right, and it is on him, and it's on his offensive coaches, is where they've not closed that gap is at the quarterback position. And it may end up costing them their, their jobs. And I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying this year, or I'm saying potentially if Harrison Bailey doesn't pan out, or this Salter guy they've got committed. You know, I mean, if they've got a hit on the on a quarterback eventually. I mean, this is yeah. it's almost ridiculous how long we're going here, and that is a difference I think because I know it's easy to just say we'll plug in this quarterback and they're good, but you know, mm-hmm. if this if this program had a Josh Dobbs, I think it would yeah. be night, night and day different. And I think that gap would be closed. And I guess the only other position that that I was kind of going to reference, and this is not necessarily against Tennessee because I think it's across the board, but Alabama has just stockpiled these receivers that not even Georgia can compete with at the moment. And when when I watch this Tennessee team, while they've got some promising young guys like a Jalen Hyatt, it certainly looks like they're lacking in that aspect as well because it's it's like NFL receivers going up against college receivers here is yeah. what it looks like to me, you know. Yeah, and I agree, man. And you gotta you gotta have more than than one like everybody knows Palmer. Everybody's got their their eyes on Palmer. And and that's probably why I mean, even even that, he was still able to be a little bit productive during this game. But we need help from somebody else. You know, Hyatt, yes, he had two great catches for what? 40, 80 yards total, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, each one of them was about forty yard bomb. But again, we we need we need some possession guys. We need some some guy going across the middle making those tough catches. Is that Jones? Is that is that Keaton? I don't know. Somebody's got to step up, and because we we can't, we just can't keep doing the same damn thing, man, uh, and expecting different results. You know, that's insanity. <laughs> so I, it's that's where we're at right now, and. You know, I think about last year when when Brian had that little stint that Mar came in and he brought life back into this program when he was out there. Was he perfect? No, but man, he was moving the ball. He was doing progression. He was hitting multiple receivers, and it's just we're we're not getting that. So I I just don't understand why bring him in for a handoff. Uh, you know, if if you got him there and ready, it's just. He he couldn't have lost his game that that quick, you know. I know he had some health issues last year, but it just it it blows my mind. And then we get back to this whole practice thing. How you do things in practice? Practice don't matter, man. Practice ain't gonna win you games, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, so I, I just I don't know. I'm just sad. I'm upset, man. I'm upset with the the program right now. But you know, you, what do you do? You love your schools, and you you're gonna support them, and. And I think Pruitt's the guy. I don't think he's on a hot seat. I hate I hate hearing that talk because he has brought some athletes in there. You know, he has brought a I thought a fantastic coaching staff together. And it's just they're just not they're not on the same page. And they they got to get that because when they do, just like last year, they can they can catch fire and they can they can beat anybody. But it feels like this season again just another slow limped into season. All right, Shane. Let's move on to uh, Auburn. Surviving on the road here, 35-28 to 28 in Oxford over Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels. And, of course, the story of the game, I think, has got to be, once again, I've never quite seen something Jeez. like this where here several weeks here, two out of four weeks, we got a blown call 
that helps a team. You know, it wasn't the final play quite like Arkansas, but it was close. So that's going to define this game, and I'm sure we'll get into that in just a moment here, but I don't want to completely take away from, you know, Bo Nix had a real nice bounce-back performance. Let's give him credit. Tank Bigsby continues to be just a stud. I mean, he's, I've been saying the best freshman running back. Hell, he might be one of the best players in the SEC. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So uh-huh. let's give him credit. Seth Williams had a hell of a game, including obviously the, the game-winning play here on the 42-yard touchdown. So Auburn had some stuff going, and their defense forced a number of turnovers. Ole Miss really shot themselves in the foot a couple times in this game, and uh, Auburn really dominated the fourth quarter, and it won them the game. Yeah, well, when you have a fumble go out the end zone, Mike, you know, that was the game. I, I, this 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 was sloppy. I, and I don't think there's been a game on Saturday that both teams are upset. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, Ole Miss, are fans, Ole Miss fans, they're, they're pissed that they didn't get to win because they probably should have deserved it. And then, you know, you got Auburn over here that got another ugly win, and you're you're sitting there saying – is this our program? I mean, is this what we're going to, what we've become where we have to luck ourselves into winning Arkansas and Ole Miss games? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's where you're at right now. I know the record looks better than most. I'd love to have a three and two record, but you look at two of those victories. It's, it's garbage, man. It's, it's a, it's, there should be an asterisk beside them and Mm -hmm. you can't be happy with the, the productivity they're putting on the field. Bigsby's fantastic. But still, there was times it's they're they're trying to force Bo Nix to throw the ball. It's like, wait a minute, do you still have the guy that's averaging five yards a carry, <laughs> or did he did something happen to him? I don't, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get the the play calling. Now, and then you flip you flip the script. You go over the Ole Miss, very very up and down. There's at times Matt looks like God's gift to football. And, and then he'll get right there at the end zone and throw an interception. You're like, <laughs> come on, man, what's going on here? Either you got it or you don't. What's what's it? it, it that one that one was frustrating for me, man. It's got to be frustrating for the fans. I do like them getting John Rice a little more involved. I think that was good. I, mm-hmm. I thought. You know, some of these running backs they were really running hard. Ely and Connor is just a good. I like how they. It's hard to pull off a two-quarterback system, but I would like to see John at least attempt to throw the ball so they they know when he's back there that he still has that ability, that he still can be that threat. Uh, And if they can somehow manage this two-quarterback system, I'm – I'm telling you, Ole Miss is is they're just on the verge, man. They're they're on the verge of being really special, and they just the again they just keep falling short. Mm-hmm. And I guess I should explain it. I'm I'm sure almost everybody listening to this did see it, but uh, the the controversial play we referenced it was a kickoff, and I believe it was Sean Shivers for Auburn. He went to field it, and then at the last moment he kind of decided not to. The ball bounced, and on replay clearly hit his finger his finger his hand moved his cup I think it may have just been one finger but still that's it Mm -hmm. still counts and then the ball was recovered by Ole Miss and the end zone should have been a touchdown and it wasn't one of those situations like the Arkansas game where everybody blew their whistle and nobody was moving I mean it was just (laughs) a screw up and uh, they, they didn't stop the game to review it SEC says they did review it but I don't know they must have not seen the zoomed in look where you see his hand move because if you see that 
I mean, yeah. it was it was clear as day. So, and that would have made it, um, I believe, an eleven point game with just a couple moments, a minute or two left in the game, and that would have been all <laughs> she wrote. But uh, oh man, nope. God must love Gus Malzahn, man. <laughs> I, I people said if he got if he lost this game, he's going to get fired. That's what I kept hearing, but. He, he just finds a way to win. And, you know, ugly win still victory, Mike. So I guess you can't be too upset if you're an Auburn fan. Seth Williams looked good. It was good seeing him bounce back. Yeah. Well, yeah, without a doubt. So uh, let's kick it over to the winning coach who talks about the Auburn winning the fourth quarter. That won him the game on that Bo Nix, Seth Williams, uh, game-winning play. And then once again here, we're rushing for 200-plus, third week in a row, Got to get sticking to that running that running game. I mean, he's got to be screaming that uh, in his headset. So let's kick it over to Gus. Gus, just uh, you mentioned getting some stops on defense, and in those two drives, what the what does fourth quarter mean for you guys? And what did you see out of your team in the last fifteen minutes? Yeah, I mean, you know, when they went and scored, and then they kicked the extra point and went up by one, and you could just see the momentum shift. And then our offense, you know, we went backwards. And, Three and out, had to punt. They had a short field. Our defense held, got the ball back. And then you got to make a play. I mean, you got to win the game. The offense was in that situation where you got to win the game. We were just down by three uh, or, or, or one, so we could have kicked a field goal. But uh, you know, I just looked offense executed when they had to. You know, Bo was three or four and 82 yards on that last drive, and he was on target. And, uh, you know, and so that. You know, had an opportunity to win the game, and, and that's what that's what they did. Coach, that uh, that pass at the end, Bo to Seth Williams, that's you know been a lethal combination all year long. They kind of had a uh, a little bit of a discussion on the sideline last week, but what does that mean for them to come back and step up in the time that you really needed them? Like I said, I mean, it was a tough week last week, and we had a tough loss, a game that we thought we you know uh, we could have won, and. Um, you know, you have to do some soul searching. Our team, they responded. They practiced like they were undefeated, which is really hard to do. And just had that refuse to lose mentality. And uh, Bo and Seth, they got a special bond. And uh, so, like the game on the line, you know, it was two man and the guys inside. And Bo's got to throw it before the safety gets over. He threw a great back shoulder ball that you got to throw it a little bit quicker than you normally would with two man. And, executed to perfection and then Seth kept his feet and uh, house called it. How important is it to get in the running game going again over 200 yards again today? Yeah, I was at three weeks in a row and I said, you know, we're able to run the football. It takes a lot of pressure off everybody. And, you know, this team's growing. You know, I, I said last week our offense is a work in progress. And what I meant by that is our offensive line for the first time had the same five guys. This week it was two weeks in a row, and I think we can keep building upon that. Anytime you can rush for 200 yards in this league, you got a good chance of winning. All right, Chance, so we got some momentum at the very least here at Auburn, and like you said, we kept kept Gus from getting fired potentially <laughs> going into this LSU game where, hey, that's been one that's haunted Auburn in recent years. They've lost three in a row to LSU. So I don't know. How do you feel about this if you're an Auburn fan? Heading into this LSU game now that, uh, you know, you're a couple calls away from being one and four. Well, you know, I think 
Auburn always does better when they've got a running attack. And and it just lately tanks proved that, that he can carry that load and that makes life easier. When, when you got, when you got a running back, Mike, that, that can take over a game, it, it just, it, it makes things like you got the play action opens up. You've got, you know, the, the passing play, every, they start loading the box. It, it makes easier for, for guys like, you know, Williams and, and them to get open. It's just, it's just, and it runs the clock. The defense is off the field longer. So and that's what I hate about some of this new college football that we see, Mike, this, this up tempo, this, uh, yeah, you know, five wide. Let's just, it's, it's just sometimes when you get away from that, that running game, you hurt other departments of your program. And, when when you're able to control the clock and control the line of scrimmage, it just it opens up stuff. And I and I'm I'm fully expecting Bo to bounce back. I'm not saying that he had a bad game, you know. He only had what seven incompletions, but you just didn't see. I don't know. You just didn't see the 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 confidence of of letting him just rip one downfield. It, it was a lot of dink and dunk, and uh, um, and and I just don't think you're going to be able to do that against all these teams that you got on your uh, schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. Well, let's flip it over to uh, the Ole Miss side where, man, once again, we'll just let one slip through our fingers here. And it's just been like a cardiac season for Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's got to be pulling his hair out here where, you know, one week it's officiating, the next it's, uh, well, at least hell, they, they won that old that uh, Kentucky game thanks to a missed extra point. So they, <laughs> they've gotten some good luck too. But this is kind of the growing pains of a program and you know, they're fun to watch and all, but uh, kind of like we referenced, Matt Corral, that interception in the end zone, that was a killer. It never really bounced back, I didn't think, from that. I mean, he, he had an all right day, but two interceptions, only one touchdown. And then Elijah Moore, this was the first game where he kind of was not superhuman. He took a really big shot there and had to come out of the game, and he, he went right back in, but I think that certainly affected him, so... Uh, that's something that we got to monitor moving forward. Kenny Yaboa had another big game. They hit him with that with that wheel route. So uh, it's good to see Ole Miss kind of – it's interesting they can get these guys in and then immediately year one get make them some of the most productive players in the SEC. So it's got to give you a ton of hope, kind of like you're saying, that uh, there's going to be brighter days ahead. But uh, let's kick it over to Coach Kiffin, who after this one he was just kind of despondent almost. Got a little too conservative, I think you could say, late in this game. And maybe oh, yeah. that played a part in Auburn. Kind of went in the fourth quarter, which won him the game. And then he was asked about the kickoff play and why it wasn't stopped and all this. So, very disappointing loss. Um, you know, kind of different than the other ones that, as far as having the lead late. You know, which means you're controlling the game. You know, six minutes left. I think we score uh, – 543 and so either side can win it you know um, defense stops the offense has the ball so you know make three first downs make them use their timeouts and win the game you know it's everything that you want and then they stop us so then defense has a shot and you know if we stop them win the game so both sides having a shot it's very discouraging usually you just get one shot and so if either one does their job you know, we're sitting here with a really big win, um, you know, versus a very talented team. So, <sighs> tough one to swallow. Probably tougher than, than the other ones, um, you know, because it was right there. 
Lane, can you kind of just talk us through the decision making on the last two offensive drives, the three and out, and then the uh, the last drive there, right? How it ended? As far as. As far as on the, it seemed like you all came out a little bit conservative on the three and out, and then not using the timeouts early on the uh, the last drive. Yeah. So. Um... The first one, you know, you're in four minutes, so that's that's what you do. I know you're not used to seeing it because we don't usually do it, but you know, you got to run the ball, and um, you know, we're thinking that those situations, John gives us the best chance, um, and you got to let the clock run down like we did. Um, just felt in the two minute, you know, we were trying to push it downfield, um, and you know, when he gets tackled. You know, the guys weren't way down there to, to have to use the timeout. So just trying to get back and have them and, you know, could have could have worked. You know, like we throw the ball to Kenny and wherever he was, the 10-yard line. So we would have had that last timeout, you know, to call it with three seconds right there and have a chance to win the game. So, you know, you want to conserve them as long as you can, um, you know, in situations. So unfortunate Kenny drops that or, you know, it would have been a crazy ending there. on uh, why the kickoff play was not reviewed? Well, they said they did. So, you know, you don't really challenge anymore in college because they review everything supposedly. So there's no use of challenging because, you know, I go to the guy and he says they looked at it and said they didn't see anything. So even when they don't stop it, they're still looking. Now, why they didn't stop and look closer, I have no idea. You know, that's a, that's equivalent of a scoring play, which they stop all the time now forever, it feels like. so. I don't know. Someone said post game that it looked like his finger definitely moved, you know. But whatever. All right, Shade. So laid bad. He's he's feeling <laughs> feeling rough here. Yeah. But at least uh, on the bright side, at least you're running the ball well here. And and if Matt Corral can return to form that he showed earlier in the season, Ole Miss is probably winning these games, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. But you know. If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a wonderful Christmas, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm upset. I was upset when the, when the kickoff happened because obviously mm-hmm. I thought they missed something there. Right. But if I was being really honest, Mike, I didn't catch it until the announcer started talking about it. You know? and then there are, <laughs> so I, I can get how it got overlooked. The fact of the matter is Ole Miss had a chance to put this game away. Uh, they had yeah. – Two minutes and 25 seconds left on the clock, and the ball went first down. I mean, you had a shot, and conservative play calling bit bit Lane in the ass here. You know, if they would have kept their foot on the on the gas, I, I think that they they could have won this game. They could have walked off. But so I think that's what's keeping Lane up at night. Not not the kick. You know, he that last series, that last opportunity to hold on to the ball. You know, and. I, you can say what you want about the defense. You know, Auburn scored in about, what, a minute, 19 seconds, it says here, minute 14, mm-hmm. six plays, 80 yards. Yeah, that that one sucked too, but it's your defense. And, and that's that's not what Ole Miss is about right now, clearly. You know, they're they're about putting points on the board. I mean, you were, you were able to hang how many points on Alabama in that last drive? You go three, three plays for five yards? Yeah, I think that's what's – that's what's frustrating is because he has the potential. They have the play calling. They could have easily kept this ball and won the game, and and they just got conservative, man. You just they read the sheet, and they shouldn't. Sometimes that chart, man, he'll backfire on you. <laughs> <laughs> hey Shay, well before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by my bookie, the online sports book. Head on over to mybookie.ag today. 
All new customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to mybookie.ag and you put in the promo code that SEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. <laughs> so head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at MyBookie with that promo code, that SEC. Well, speaking of getting backfired, Shay, let's jump down to uh, Baton Rouge where, my God, I can't figure out LSU. They, be- they beat the <laughs> hell out of uh, old South Carolina here, 52-24. to 24. And, uh, I mean, I thought you said it best. You can't tell if LSU wants to whip everybody's ass or lose every game. I mean, they're just – they're so up and down, uh, but hey, let's credit T.J. Finley. I mean, this was kind of the reason I think everybody was picking South Carolina is because mm-hmm. it's a true freshman, three-star quarterback. Who in the hell expects him to come out here and throw Jeez. for 265, two touchdowns, and runs for another one? I mean, he looked like a young Jamarcus Russell out there, didn't he? Yeah, he really did, man. And I, I just thought – you know, other than that one pick, I mean, the guy had pretty much a flawless game. And I love the style of offense he can he brings to this game. He's not super mobile, but, man, when he gets going downhill, he's a tough one to bring down, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and, to, and listen to this, that, Shay. So, you know, I just said true freshman. You figure they're going to be coming at him. LSU, did you see how many punts they had in this game, Shane? Mm-mm. No. Zero, zero punts in this entire yes. game. They ran it. And this was another thing. They couldn't run the ball. They ran it 54 times, 276 yards. I mean, that yeah, – I'm not trying to take away from T.J. Finley because he was outstanding, but the game was won on the line of scrimmage. And LSU finally found success on the ground, and that just enabled them to not get picked apart here by this South Carolina defense that was red hot. Yeah. And the Gamecocks, man, they just laid a damn egg, and it took about half for uh, Will Muschamp to go from easy street to the damn hot seat again. <laughs> they want his ass out of there. They want Colin Hill benched. Um, yeah. Oh, man, this is uh, – Well, We just again, did, a, did 180 here. They got away from what they do. That's the thing, Mike. If you look at the script the last few games – it's running the ball and playing good defense. And they did the exact opposite during this game. They tried to get in a little shootout with a team that is built to play shootouts. And that's that's where they messed up. Something they're going to talk about here that, you know, you here you got a true freshman quarterback in the backfield and you're not applying pressure. Come on, Muschamp. You can do better than that. <laughs> I really think the uh, the defining play of the game for me I'm trying to think of what the score was at the time, but um, South Carolina had made it 31-17, scored on a on a nice drive here, and then they kick off. Trey Palmer returns it 93 yards to make it 38-17 in the third quarter, and it was kind of like, 
you know, South Carolina did all this work to get back in it, and then they just immediately get scored on again. It was just offense, defense, special teams. It was a complete letdown of a game here. <laughs> and the defense, that's the thing. LSU defense, I was like, wait, who, who's this guy? You know, who's, who, what's going on here? Yeah, it's just LSU. When I sent that tweet, I was thinking, I was like, man, this is, you know, Reminds me of a girl I used to know, you know, it's just like one day she's cool as a cat, cool as a cucumber. Next thing you know, she's crazy. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, you know? So it's just, it, that's the LSU defense. It's like, okay, they're, they're legit or, you know, are they not? And these guys, when they do play, when they're all on the same, you know, you know, he says that one heartbeat down there, when they, when they finally get on that one heartbeat, they're a tough damn team to beat Mike. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right. So you kind of hit it there. Let's, Jump on over to Coach O. It's great to hear Coach O with a smile on his face again. You know, you know, he was smiling this entire damn time here. Uh-huh. Talks about T.J. Finley, his impressive debut. On uh, if there's a quarterback controversy, a lot of people want to see Finley be the starting quarterback now. On the fact they were able to protect him so well on the defense, their big performance. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, T.J. Finley. I mean, just talk about his performance overall, and just you know, just just. How, how well he was working out there today. Strong arm, very confident. I thought Steve had a game plan that he knew that TJ could operate on. Uh, he never blinked. TJ showed us a lot of confidence uh, throughout camp. Uh, he lost some weight. I thought he did a tremendous job of leading the team today, and you see how he has a tremendous arm. He can scramble, make some plays on the run, and make some good decisions. The only one, he threw an interception, but we were going to be patient. I thought he did a, a phenomenal job. Uh, just what did you see in TJ, that the, you know, you guys were able to stay on schedule. Yeah. That balance, I guess, yeah. that you saw. Yeah, I think the run game helped. Mm-hmm. I think the RPOs helped. You know, <laughs> he's tall, man. He can see everything. I think that the way he sees the field, I thought he scrambled and made some big plays. Uh, I had no question about the strength of his arm, but he made great decisions tonight. I think that's the most the thing I was most impressed with. He was not nervous at all. You were saying that the uh, that TJ's played tremendously. Is there is there any maybe controversy with uh, when Miles comes back. Uh, it might be on y'all part. <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody's just yearning for it. I can feel it. It ain't going to be on our part. I tell you that. You know, I mean, Miles is our starting quarterback, and TJ has done a great job. I don't know when Miles is going to be ready. Miles is going to be our starting quarterback, but I know this. If Miles ain't doing well, I can put in TJ and feel good about it. What was it that you saw, I guess, as, as this team put their plan together this week that allowed you to oh. have the, com- the confidence that you're going to you know, be able to make the strides that you did? Because this, this is a pretty big week for you all this Yeah, you know, I, I think it's the way we practice. I mean, you know, everybody just had enough. We, we, we were not playing well. We were shooting ourselves in the foot, making mistakes. I think we made a tremendous strides on the goal lines. So we practiced the goal line more. We put in some new stuff. Uh, I think that uh, on defense, uh, the guys worked very hard. Uh, we felt that we could rush the pass on these guys today, but we still had some breakdown in coverage. Those special teams played very well. Were you surprised that South Carolina didn't come at TJ more, or do you think your yeah. ability to run the ball negated yeah. that a little? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both, but uh, they played they played basically a four-man front. There wasn't a lot of blitzing. There was some blitzing, but I thought there was going to be a deluge of blitzes, and it wasn't. I thought Steve did a good job, you know, RPOs and those slants and those easy throws for, for TJ, I think, kept those guys off balance. And what a play Terrence uh, Marshall made. I mean, 
It's third down to six. That's a six-yard gain. And, uh, you know, I played with his, his uh, uh, Joe Delaney. It reminded me of Joe D, man. Joe D used to do that. So our guys made plays, man. I was, I was happy to see. Hey, Coach, uh, how much do you feel like Coach Pellini needed a night like tonight? I mean, I'm sure he was frustrated over the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Do you feel like this was good for his psyche? Sure. Uh, and, and he's been great. I mean, he, he hasn't blinked. He hasn't blinked at all. Coach is a veteran, and he coached hard this week. Uh, he loves LSU. He loves being here. Like I told you, I believe in Coach Pellini, but there are some things that we got to shore up. There's some things that we got to execute. We have some great ideas. We've got to just make sure our players can do it. All right, Shane. Well, one other thing I wanted to reference here while we're talking LSU. Terrence Marshall now has got nine touchdowns. My God, he's playing like an All-American this year, so that's great to see. And I thought B.J. Ojolari, he caught my eye as a, as a freshman, you know, really showing a big performance here. But I think uh, I'm surprised how many people are ready to anoint Finley as the starting quarterback. I saw a lot of LSU fans, and he, hell, even the ESPN broadcaster saying, you know, it's time to start the freshman considering the fact that uh, Miles Brennan thrown for over uh, 1,100 yards in his three games, and it may take him another week or two to get back. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I think they got to go back to Miles Brennan, wouldn't you think? Or, because I just don't know if a freshman is going to be doing this every week in and week out for the Tigers. What, what do you think? Mike, I, I, don't think we, I don't think we have a quarterback controversy here. I, I think Tank did fantastic. Um, I think the leash may be a little bit shorter, but it wasn't like Miles was just terrible. I, I, I don't think it's the defense. The defense has been our biggest problem here, right. and uh, it feels like that got a little bit corrected this week. Yeah, and, and that was a good thing to hear Coach O talk about. Bo Pelini needed this one, so I, I'm still not completely buying it. You know, they've been so god-awful, but maybe this is something to monitor with these teams with the extra week to prepare, how they do. We're going to get to Missouri in a second, but they were another one that looked, you know, great off a bye. And this uh, 10-game SEC schedule, it's going to take a lot out of everybody. So that may be key. I'm going to need to see it again from LSU next week against Auburn before I finally bought in. But clearly a huge win. And, uh, you know, let's credit Peter Burns for this stat. During his entire time at LSU, Coach O's never lost consecutive games. So – I wish I would have known that before I locked up the game. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, let's skip on over to the other side because what in the hell do we do now for the Gamecocks? You know, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Like everybody's ready to fire Will Muschamp once again. And, uh, you know, you were the underdog. You were on the road. Certainly LSU's got better talent than you. But this was a, basically the exact opposite of what most people were expecting Going into this one, they thought, uh, hell, I kept saying it, the wrong team's favored. <laughs> Man, my picks have been so god-awful this year. Everybody, I hope you bet on LSU. But, you know, is this a game here where Will Muschamp can recover? And, and hell, everyone's out on Colin Hill now. He's, you know, he was playing pretty well all season. This is kind of the first dud game he played. But uh, Kevin Harris still had 126, two touchdowns. We should probably should have went back to him a little bit more. But uh, th- th- we got <laughs> – Two weeks to prepare now for the next opponent here, Shane. I mean, yeah. this, I, I guess just coming off a bad loss, but uh, are you surprised it's, it's so damn doom and gloom down there in Columbia at the moment? A little bit, Mike. And the reason I'm laughing is just you you got a running back that's averaging 10 yards a carry. <laughs> you got another one that's averaging seven yards. Dottie comes in and gets a six. I mean, it's like 
if you want to run against LSU, apparently it's not a problem. And they just didn't do it. So, yeah, I just I, – I, I'm not – I'm not in full-blown panic, okay, because I, I still like Hill. I, I thought we'd get a little bit more play from the receivers. But here, I just – I don't know. It's just what, – what what has been working, Mike? Like I said, running the ball, playing the defense, and, and not asking too much from whoever's back there at quarterback. And it just felt like they just they, – they wanted to get in a shootout, and, and that – like it bit them in the ass, Mike. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump over to uh, Will Buschamp. He kept this one short. He was pretty disappointed. He's He doesn't got much to say a- after these losses, but he got outplayed, got outcoached. He admits it. And uh, Colin Hill, the struggle's there. Why didn't a backup come in? Holinsky or Doty or whoever. And then on the Gamecocks, really missing out on an opportunity to to build some big momentum. We got out, we got outcoached and outplayed. Call it like it is. Uh, you know, give them credit. They've got a talented team. Uh, new coming in here, they had a big offensive line, some very talented backs, was concerned about stopping the run, especially with a young quarterback, knew they were going to go to that. We, we, we didn't get off blocks. We didn't tackle. Uh, you know, we just didn't just did, did not uh, play the run very well at all. Uh, and that created some things in the throwing game because we had to bring an extra guy in the box in order to stop the run. And they hit some things in the passing game. Offensively, they thought we moved the ball and missed three field goals. One of them's on me. It's probably a little far. Uh, we probably needed to be another yard or two inside uh, for Parker, but uh, he's been very consistent and he'll be fine. Um, but we did some nice things offensively, uh, but defensively, we got to get off the field. They were seven of nine on third down, or I think, or maybe eight of not 10 or whatever it was. Uh, we just didn't play very well defensively. And that was the key to the ball game. And you give up 14 points when your defense isn't on the field and they're not playing well, you're going to have a hard time winning. With yeah, well, I guess, how do you feel like Colin Hill played tonight and as the game kind of got out of hand late, do you, was there any thought about playing Ryan or Luke more at quarterback? Uh, no, we, we, you know, we felt like that, uh, you know, obviously I think he forced the ball in the interception a little bit, uh, um, but he was accurate with the ball and held it probably a couple too many times and created some sacks. We need to go back and look at the film and then before we start determining how the guy played, uh, you know, I thought we hit some vertical balls down the field. We had some explosive plays in the game. Um, just uh, just disappointed overall with not not playing better on the defense side of the ball. Well, uh, not not placing the blame on Colin, but just in general, what goes into the thought process of of making a change at quarterback? When when do you like to see a new guy? Whether it's whether it's when uh, the game gets out of hand or otherwise. Well, Mike and I will have a conversation on the headsets and, and what he feels like we need to do at the quarterback position. That's why I hired him, and, and he, you know that we'll, we'll have that discussion when it's appropriate. Yeah, well, given the fact that you guys are obviously coming off back-to-back wins and LSU was starting a true freshman quarterback, do you feel like you guys missed a big opportunity here to get a big win and go into the bye week three and two? Well, sure, absolutely. I don't think there's any question about that. But any opportunity you have in a 10-game conference schedule is all big wins. And you have you got an opportunity again with Texas A&M coming to Williams Bryce in two weeks. All right, Chase. So maybe that's kind of part of it because you know if you're looking at it, South Carolina could have won three in a row with two weeks to prepare for Texas A&M, another team that they struggled with the entire time they've been in the SEC. So you know maybe this is just a case of South Carolina's got real fans again. They got reeled in a little bit here, and then it's like, oh God, we suck again. So. <laughs> I guess in that sense, it does make some sense. But, uh, man, I just think this is what we're going to get in this 10-game slate where you're going to – I've been saying it and saying it. I think there's going to be highs and lows for just about every every fan base. Let's let's just 
let's just cut right to the ch- that that's it, Mike. I mean, short of Alabama, maybe Georgia, may I mean a little bit of Florida. It's just been think about it. Every week, it's just it's like we're in the upside down, Mike. Well, you can't. It's it's the, so hard to predict what's going to happen. You feel so confident in a team. I felt so confident in South Carolina. I really did, man. I was like, man, they're back. They they they're running all over people. That you know, the defense looks awesome. Uh, they got segments on SEC. <laughs> I saw what's his name <laughs> Horn on there, you know, talking about stuff. And I was just, you know, it's just they they back on the mountain. Then you got LSU struggling. Oh man, they got a true freshman quarterback. Oh, I've, rumor is somebody's opting out on the offensive line. You know, it's just one thing after another. And you're like, oh man, they're gonna go down there and smoke these boys. And you're mm-hmm. so confident in that pick. But then LSU comes out and they're just like, no, we're the national champs. That's who we are. You, know? <laughs> you just can't predict the ups and downs of Tennessee, the ups and downs with Mizzou, the ups and downs with Kentucky. Kentucky, man, you want to talk about just a, a bipolar team, man. Yeah, a team that came out on cloud nine that last week after they smoked Tennessee and had all those turnovers, and then they go into this week and they look like just dog well, shit. Hold on, let's so. we're, we're going to jump to that in just a minute. My final Sorry. thought here on South Carolina: you got two weeks to prepare for Texas A and M. That's your next game. Obviously, that's going to be tough. But I'll be at home. Yeah. You also you also got Georgia at home the second to last week of the season. Those are two games you're definitely not going to be favored in. But the other game, Shane, Ole Miss, Missouri, Kentucky. Any, I mean, are we going to be surprised if South Carolina beats any of those teams? Nope. No. Not so, at all, man. Yeah, so, I mean, you got to let this thing play out. It's not as bad as it seems at the moment. Yes, you did get smoked, but, hell, you got two weeks to prepare for it. And Shane, since I know he's so happy, you don't have to sing the fight song. <laughs> Let's jump down to the final game here. Missouri gets another big win, 20 to 10 over Kentucky. The five-year streak comes to an end. Kentucky ran only 36 plays. It's kind of one of the stats of the weekend in the SEC. I've never seen such a such a <laughs> thing, but it was pathetic. Kentucky's offense, particularly in the passing game, they had some, some stuff going on the running game, but they just didn't stick with it. And, uh, hell, let's credit Eli Drinkowitz and company where one week they're throwing all over the yard. The next, they're – Relying on Larry Roundtree to run it 37 times. That's got to be a record for him. And just playing smart, tough football. And they just beat the hell out of a team that was coming in here red hot. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, you you want you want another recipe on how to beat somebody, Mike? Just don't let them have the ball. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. you are, this was not a fun game to watch. Uh, it, you know, if you watched it, this was a snooze fest right here. Mm-hmm. But I just thought the, it, the most interesting stat of the game was Mizzou being able to hold on to the ball for 43 minutes to the 16 of Kentucky. And if you're looking at the place, I just want to read you uh, the second half, man. Kentucky, this is this is the entirety. This is how many plays they had. They went three plays, six yards, punt. They got the ball later in life, six plays, <laughs> 75 yards, touchdown. That was the good one, right? Mm-hmm. Then three plays, two yards, punt, and then one play, 12 yards, fumble. That is the amount of 
time. That's the 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 allotment of time that they had to get any points on the board. Mizzou, man, what a game script! Just keep that clock moving, keep them chains going. I mean, wow, that was just that was you can't. Kentucky can't get interceptions if you just do it two <laughs> yards at a time, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you just put Kentucky's out there. Listen to some of these drives. Missouri, 13 plays, 66 yards, touchdown. 12 plays, 64 yards, field goal. 21 plays, 66 yards, downs. Well, that kind of sucked. But then yet another 15 play drive, 61. They were just chewing, chewing, chewing that clock. Uh-huh. They wore Kentucky out is what they did. And, man, this is... Like you said, it wasn't pretty. This is not one where you're, this is not one of these cl- classic Mizzou games you're going to want to rewatch with the grandkids one day. But <laughs> this has got to give you a ton of confidence because you got a freshman quarterback. You're adjusting on the fly, showing that uh, Drinkowitz can kind of, like I said, one week go pass happy, the next pay ground and pound. They're adjusting their opponents, and I don't think they got a ton of receivers that are that are going to threaten an SEC defense. I don't think they have, aside from Nick Bolton, maybe Larry Roundtree, any of these guys that are all SEC caliber, the talent's going to get better. The talent's going to be you know, more what Drinkowitz wants down the line. But this is just fantastic coaching, great effort and execution by the players. And if I'm a Mizzou fan, I am damn fired up that, uh, you know, just like we say with a lot of these coaches, this is it's just going to get better for Coach Drinkowitz. And yeah. if he's able to piece together wins like this, just imagine what he's able to do when the offense is running with players that he trusts all across the board. Uh, Missouri here is sleeper in the SEC moving forward. And this is what drives me nuts, Mike. Here we've got a true freshman in Connor, and you look at Tank down there at LSU. It can be done. You could put freshmen in there, and they could be productive. This is, this is exactly – I mean, these guys are anyway. – Tank, Tank Finley at uh, LSU. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, both of them. Yeah. Uh, we we have two of the four games, and yet we can't. You know, Tennessee can't roll freshmen. And I hate to go back to Tennessee, but this <laughs> just drives me nuts because I'm watching this game with Connor, and I'm I'm back and forth, right? And um, there was one play when uh, Kentucky was coming on like a corner blitz. I don't know if you remember this, and it's a, like Connor almost like he had eyes in the back of his head just stepped up in that pocket and, and zipped one, and that led to a touchdown. It was just – it was like a veteran move. And, and I don't know if that's Eli. I don't know if this is just Connor's God-gifting skills, you know. He wasn't asked to do too much during this game, mm-hmm. but when he was asked, he delivered. And it's just, just – it was extremely impressive. And you – if you're a Mizzou fan, you've got to be on cloud nine right now because you've got a couple more years with this guy. All right, well, let's kick it over to Coach Strength talking about uh, controlling the game clock on that uh, workhorse Larry Roundtree mm-hmm. on just pl- mixing up the styles, playing different one week to the next, and uh, on his outstanding pass defense. And then if you listen carefully when this starts, the main reason I wanted – the only reason I included his opening, really, he opens up that drink. It sounds like he's cracking open a cold one, Cousin Shane. <laughs> Proud of our football team for a team win. Um, just great effort on, in all three phases to do exactly what we've coached them to do um, and to play one play at a time. For our defense to hold them to um, 98 rushing yards, 145 total yards, just an unbelievable effort by those guys. Hats off to Coach Walters, uh, Coach Smith, Coach Haley, Coach Gibbs, Coach Harbison, 
uh, just an incredible job there. Offensively, we preached no turnovers, no turnovers, no turnovers, needed 200 yards rushing, and we got that today. We controlled the clock. Our ability to control the clock in the third and fourth quarter, I think, was the biggest difference. Um, so a tremendous win. Um, and, um, yeah, with that, I'll take questions. Eli, obviously, you, you mentioned the, the clock control. I mean, what was, you know, the game plan coming in to, to run the ball this many times and try to hold the ball like that? Or was it just, you know, found success with it and keep going back to what's working? No, our, our, we were definitely planning on running the ball and trying to really pound the clock just because we felt like uh, the way they played the last two games with playing coverage and trying to um, really rally to the ball late, they were forcing people to throw nine interceptions. And so for us, we felt like we needed to lean on Larry and our offensive line and worked out. Can we, can we hit something? There's a big blue on the middle of their screen. Hey, Eli, um, time of possession might be maybe a little misleading sometimes, but what does 43 to 17, that edge kind of mean for you guys and kind of showing that you guys are able to play the brand of ball you guys wanted to play? It's hard to score if you don't have the football and, and, um, you know, I, I think it just means that we were able to do our jobs and, and again, execute under pressure and execute. Um, it doesn't matter the place you call. It matters the place you execute. And our guys did that tonight. And, and uh, you know, I'm just really proud of them. I mean, both sides of the ball. I, I, I mean, they played the game exactly like we wanted it to be played in order to win. And that doesn't happen very often um, against a really good football team. I mean, we went down there and, and, and held them to 36 plays. They were two and nine on third down offensively. You know, we rushed for 400, threw for 210 for 20, 43 minutes. I mean, I, I'm shocked at these stats. I don't, I've never been in a game like this. So that's, that's awesome. You know, you talk about Larry Roundtree, 37 carries, 126 yards, two touchdowns. Talk about him and kind of what he's meant to this program. He just became the third all time leading rusher in school history and just another wonderful day for him, certainly. Yeah, I mean, he's a great young man. He's got an infectious smile and personality. He's a guy that's bought into everything that we've asked him to do. Um, he's a captain of our football team, which means he has the respect of our uh, locker room, the respect of the players. He's definitely got the respect of me as a, as a person and as the head football coach. And uh, I just love the way he comes to work every day. He never pouts. He never has a bad day. Um, and he can take a butt chewing now. I'll tell you what, there was a couple times I got onto him on the sideline, you know, but uh, – He's just such a tremendous young man. His parents have done an outstanding job raising him. Uh, just talk about how difficult it is for an offense. A couple of weeks ago against the LSU, you know, you had to throw the ball. It kind of got into a shootout. And then you go to a completely different style of game where you're, you're pounding it. And it seems to me like it would be pretty difficult for an offense to be able to do one thing one week and then switch and, and do the other. Just, just talk about that group. I think that's the ability of our team. You know, that's the style of play that we have. We want to execute our DNA. Um, the philosophy of our, our game is rhythm, attack, execute. We want to play with rhythm. We want to always attack the defense. But at the end of the day, it's always about the execution. Um, and for us, you know, we still executed our DNA plays, um, whether we're running or throwing it. And just hats off to those guys. They accepted the challenge. Our offensive line accepted the challenge of rushing the football for – uh, 200 yards and and not turning the ball over. So incredibly proud of them. We knew we were going to be in some third down situations. You know, obviously missed a couple late, but uh, to go 10 of 20 and four or five on fourth down is pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good job. Hey Eli, uh, throughout the game, uh, tennis. Oh, sorry, 
Kentucky had about you know ten yards passing or under ten yards passing for a majority of the game, and then Bledsoe is the one to get the takeaway that secures the win. What do you make of the play of the secondary today? Yeah, I mean, outstanding job. They get put on islands a lot, and and uh, really do a nice job defending the ball. You know, I mean, I think they came out in the opening series and threw three straight passes, and we were able to defend all three of those. And then, you know, for Bledsoe to rip that ball out late, just a, I mean, he is playing at a high level, and and so glad he's on our football team. Another senior leader that. Uh, just as uh, embodies what we want to be here at Mizzou. All right, Shay. So clearly, <laughs> Coach is fired up. He's having a good old time. I don't think he was drinking a beer during his presser as much as I like to imagine he was. I'm sure he had a couple later. But man, this is just like I said, a great game plan and yeah. really stifled Kentucky. And hell, all of a sudden, you know they looked pretty hot. Now they look like one of the damn worst teams in the SEC after this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I wouldn't want to play Mizzou right now. That's for sure. They just – they come prepared. I, I've noticed the last few games, it's just each script is different. You know, this isn't the same team. This isn't the same script they had against, uh, you know, LSU when they came up. So, I, I just – I'm seeing the progression. I'm seeing, you know, what, what Eli's able to get out of these guys, and it's just freaking impressive, man. So, let's flip it over to the other side and – Thankfully for all of our ears, we don't have to hear Cousin Shane saying yes. his revenge. Sometimes revenge works, people. His revenge pick paid off here. And, man, where do we go here? Terry Wilson got pulled in this game. He was 3 of 9, 35-yard passing. And he did have one nice pass. That was basically the entire thing. It was 26-yard pass. Imagine what his stats would look like if he didn't have that. Joey Gatewood, 1 of 4 for 12 yards. He didn't get a ton of opportunities, obviously, with uh, Missouri chewing the clock here. But, man, it seems like it's time to bench T- Terry Wilson to me. I mean, what do you think? Uh, where does where does Kentucky go here? Well, again, Mike. Uh, and the receiver's okay. struggling, too. I I mean, this I think you've got to put this more on defense at first. But you look at the offensive side of the ball, and, and I know – I know Terry Wilson's the one that's got the spotlight, but going into this game, you know, I was criticized a little bit about picking on Kentucky's offensive line, you know, and then, and then, uh, you know, I, I've seen, I've seen the highlights. I know that they've got moments where they're fantastic and, but then they get away from the running game and you're like, why? Because when you got running backs that, that are having no trouble running against Mizzou, something that, you know, teams in the past have been able to do it. It, it just felt like it should have went the other way. Kentucky should have been the one with 13, 14 play drives, you know, rely mm-hmm. on these hogs up front, rely on Rodriguez and Rose, you know, and, and not rely on Terry Wilson. Not that they did, but it, it should never – their games, especially against a team like Mizzou, should never come down to the arm of Terry Wilson. It should be to whoever holds the ball the longest. And, and they just got out coached and outplayed. For some reason, they got away from the running attack. And, uh, you know, and that, that creates really quick three and outs, Mike, if you do that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over to Coach Stoops real quick, who talks about uh, the quarterback plan moving forward on what the hell they were doing with the offensive play calling and uh, why his team came out so flat for this game. Mark, what was the thinking there to put Joey in at the end? Was it? Just to get reps. You think, what's your plan next week going into Georgia? Not sure. 
Mark, after the defense got the stop on the 21 play drive, uh, the running backs didn't get a touch on that three and out. I was just wondering if you could explain kind of the thought process there a little bit. Yeah, not not very good. I mean, we, you know, we, uh, you know, not a very good series. Um, so, Mark, I know you mentioned you talked about that one drive after the long uh, Missouri drive where you didn't run the ball any. But in general, do you feel like you all tried? to establish the run enough? I mean, it seemed like A.J. and Chris both had success, and they just don't have many carries overall when you look at the box score. No, I think you're correct, and I think, um, you know, that's part of that is is definitely a fair criticism, and we're going to look back, and uh, and it was almost too – or it was later in the game when we went to some sets and started cutting it off because they had a good plan for – when we when we weren't securing the edges with with taking the dive and making the quarterback pull it, there were a couple missed reads early where he maybe could have pulled it, but they had a nice plan. And um, then we got to the bigger sets in twelve, and we had some success. That's when we drove down and scored. Then we came back and uh, tried it again, and they shut it down. And then and then you know we we had incomplete and incomplete. So. Um, you know, we went back to that set. Uh, I think it was still a seven-point game, and uh, we're not able to move it. Um, you know, so they they uh, you know got got it ironed out. Uh, Mark, you you said you you know you thought you had your team ready to play back-to-back road games, but did you get a feeling before the game or in warmups that maybe they were a little flat or or, or not? I, I did because I knew that this team was going to be ready to go. They were tired of hearing about losing us however many games in a row. And uh, they had a week off and um, had time. They knew, you know, uh, last Friday they were playing us, so had, had a couple extra days to prepare. And, you know, they, they did a good job. They, they, he had them ready to play, and that's the bottom line. And, uh, you know, I didn't. You know, we didn't respond. Uh, they did, and they – they beat the tar out of us, and, uh, you know, we've got to respond. All right, Shane, so this is uh, when your offense struggling this much, the last team in the world you want to face coming off a bye week is damn Georgia, but that's who Kentucky's got. So, I mean, it's may get worse before it gets better, or, man, it, I'm, I'm just feeling bad for Kentucky and on what we're going to see next week when they face Georgia. Um, th- this thing – They've got to get a spark somewhere, and, and I think it's I think it's got to come from a quarterback change. Yeah, I think so. And and, and listening to coach talk, it, it sounds to me like there's no question. Uh, you know, he was extremely frustrated with that situation, and uh, you know, he didn't he all around and tell us how how great Terry did in practice this week. He just you know it's it's time you know because the you you, you turn on the on the lights and he's just not performing, and I hate it. I, I tried to make I've tried to make Wilson work for several years now. It's just it's not going to. So let's let's build on the future, man. Let's get Joey out there. Let's 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 see what he can do. Maybe he can work some chemistry up with these wide receivers because these these running backs they're going to demand all the attention. There should be plenty of opportunities to find passing routes out there. All right, Shane. So hey, that was all the action we got. It was a slower week here, but um, before we jump off the line here. We got to play our game here, Shane. Guess the oh, opening yeah. lines. All right, Shane. So I'm feeling pretty good. I think I got you this week. Uh-oh. We got a, several games here. 
including many of them have long streaks, but maybe those streaks will be coming in, coming to an end this weekend. Let's start with Georgia at Kentucky. Who do you like in this? Or what was your guess on this one? Uh, Georgia minus seventeen. Ooh, I said Georgia minus twenty. <laughs> and actually, you win this one, Shane. It's Georgia minus thirteen. So you still do Ooh. win, but uh, man, I was thinking it was going to be a lot bigger than this. I get a little money in on that one, Mike. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about this one? LSU at Auburn, one of my favorite games every year in the SEC West. What'd you have for this one? Uh, this was a tough one, Mike, but I went LSU minus eight and a half. Well, check this out, Shane. I said Auburn favored by six. Really? And Auburn it was a favorite by two points at opening. Now, I think this thing has swung back to LSU minus one, but I mm. think that's an indication of just how close this thing's going to get. Yeah, they must have got a copy of my email here, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. What'd you have for this one? Uh, Ole Miss minus 11 and a half. I said Ole Miss minus 13. And check this out, Shane. It's Ole Miss minus 18. Oof. Vanderbilt's had two weeks to prepare. I don't know. This could be an ugly one, but uh, maybe Derek Mason and company will give something Ole Miss they've not seen. All right, how about this one, Shade? Mississippi State at Alabama. Uh, Alabama minus 24. I said Alabama minus 25. And check this out, Shane. It's Alabama minus 33. It's one of the biggest SEC spreads I've ever seen. Jeez Louise. Better not let the pirate hear this. Arkansas, Texas. What'd you have for that one? Uh, A&M minus nine. I said A&M minus 14. And check this out, Shane. It's A&M minus 15. No respect for Coach Pittman and crew. No. It's just them against the world, Mike. All right, final game here, Shane. Red Hot Missouri at Florida. What'd you have for this one? Red Hot indeed, but I've got Florida minus 10 and a half. I said Florida minus 16, and it's Florida minus 15. That mm. may be another interesting one because we don't hell we don't even know which Gators are in and out and all this. So, yeah, with some big spreads here for the Week Six games, but I got a good feeling, Shane, that we're going to have a couple of these go down to the wire. I think we, I think we're going to have a lot better games than old uh, those point spreads would indicate. Absolutely, man. I this is. I mean, to go from – I love the four games. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they weren't my favorite four games because I lost money and lost a little respect for my university. But, you know, now we're looking at six, baby, and I'm ready for it. <laughs> all right, Shane. Well, that's all I got on this one. You got anything uh, before we hop off here? Yeah, in case Mom was listening, I just want to apologize for saying GD earlier. And uh, that's about it, Mike. I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. If you got an Apple product or – iphone or anything like that just get on there and get the review uh remember mike is going to be picking one of y'all to get the first ever that sec podcast t-shirt uh hell we don't even know what this thing's gonna look like what size it's gonna be but you know i'm looking forward to seeing it so as soon as you get it in the mail just be sure to put it on twitter so i can see what it looks like absolutely yeah and it's it's not gonna be a random size it'll be the size you request so I'll just make that clear but uh Yeah, that's going to do it, Shane. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go
there, SEC fans. If you've been enjoying the music of this podcast, then head on over to www.crimsoncalamitymusic.com to follow us on social media and to hear our new song, Ghost, out now on all streaming services and wherever digital music is sold. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to you, Mike and Shane. If, you, if you're about to have a son, Mike, you better name him Tank. Because yeah, those are the only ones that are successful in the SEC right now. And I've never met a bad tank, you know. <laughs> Did you hear about? Uh, there was this guy that commit to Alabama today, five star, and his his nickname is Kool Aid. Golly, Kool Aid! Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. They called me plug in high school or in middle school. So I'd plug holes. That's it. You know? <laughs>